Hey, Wiki listeners, it's Rachel. And Victor, did you know I host the fantastic NYC Talent Show every Monday night at the Parkside Lounge in New York City? It's an off-off Broadway showcase where you can see New York's underground performance art up close. We've got weekly special guests like Colin Quinn, Janine Garofalo, Tone Bell, and lots more. Use the code WIKILISTEN for a special discount on tickets when you go to nyctalentshow.com. That's nyctalentshow.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas, absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. This is the Wikipedia page for Rebecca Heinemann. Welcome to Wikilisten, the podcast where we read Wikipedia pages and provide commentary. I'm Victor Vernado, KSN. And I'm Rachel Teichman, LMSW, reminding you to subscribe. <laughs> yep. Please subscribe, everybody, or else, you know, we'll pass away eventually. Maybe we will, even if you don't, but we'll see what happens. We have a great guest on, Rebecca Heineman, and not only are we reading her page, she's here. This is awesome. Thank you for being here, Rebecca. Thank you so thank, much. Yeah, thank you for having me on your show. Wonderful. I don't want to spoil who you are for people who don't know who you are. So I think we should just get started reading the pages, shall we? Let's do this. All right, here we go. Rebecca Heinemann. Rebecca Ann Heinemann is an American video game designer and programmer. Heinemann was a founding member of video game companies Interplay Productions, Logicware, Contraband Entertainment, and Old School. She has been chief executive officer for Old School since 2013. Yep, uh, that sums up the high-level stuff of my career. I've been either running companies or occasionally working for them. But uh, yeah, the big one, of course, was Interplay. That was a story. <laughs> I'm going to have a thousand questions for you, probably, because I also just I just started a video game company. And so... <laughs> you have I... my condolences. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, what, no. Tell me about the spelling of school the dots over the U's. Oh, because we wanted a company called Old School because we were founded by four women who were all basically well over over our 50s. Um, 
And so we all consider ourselves very, you know, the old school uh, designers, programmers, etc. However, of course, every permutation we could think of of the words old and school were taken up in domain names until we figured out that S-K-U-U-L was not taken. Of course, uh, skewel doesn't work, but if you do umlauts, it's actually pronounced school. That's awesome. All right. So it's old school and hence the wacky pronunciation, mostly because we just didn't want to spend thousands and thousands of dollars we didn't have to buy a domain name way to take your problem solving skills to text Mm -hmm. critical thinking okay let's do this early life rebecca ann heineman was born and raised in whittier california when she was young she could not afford to purchase games for her atari 2600 so she taught herself (laughs) sorry i'm just laughing no it's true (laughs) (laughs) So she taught herself how to copy cartridges and built herself a sizable pirated video game collection. Eventually, she became discontented with just copying games and reverse engineered the console's code to understand how the games were made. In 1980, Heinemann and a friend traveled to Los Angeles to compete in a regional branch of a National Space Invaders championship. Although she did not expect to fall under the top 100 contestants, she won the competition. Later that year, she also won the championship in New York. Heinemann is hence considered to be the first national video game tournament champion. What? Is that true? Yeah, it's true. And it is my biggest claim to fame, despite everything else I've done. The fact that I am the 1980 Atari 2600 Space Invaders national champion is something that they could never take from me because they could beat my score, but they can't beat that I was the first. That's amazing. And okay, we have to do something together the video game company that I started is a tournament gaming website mm-hmm. for like casual e-games. It's called High Score Wins Money. And basically it's free. People play games. It's run by ads. And then we just use some of the ad money to pay people out winnings. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We just have to do something with you because... Break the, invaders. Break invaders. Break invaders, yes. The whole thing is based on my love of arcades when I was mm-hmm. younger. And that's what the site is trying to emulate. And I did create a game for the site called Break Invaders, which is half Breakout and half Space Invaders. Yeah, I'm the world champion. Yeah, she is. She's the world champion. I really am, yeah. We sent her a (laughs) t-shirt. She won. Well, let's put it this way. I'm no spring chicken, so I'll probably be able to place. But uh, when, that's going to be a long shot. But then again, you know, who knows? But uh, I haven't played competitively in decades. But however, though, I still could play. I mean, every now and then I break out the Atari 2600 Space Invaders and play it just for old time's sake. Well, um, well maybe we can get, a, get get you to design a mini game for the site. Hmm? We'll uh, talk about it. We could do that. Yeah, we'll talk about I, it. I'm a video game company, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's figure it out. Career. After she won the tournament, Heinemann was offered a writing job for a monthly magazine, Electronic Games, and a consultancy job for a book on, called How to Master Video Games. During this time, she mentioned to one magazine publisher that she'd reverse engineered Atari 2600 code, and the publisher arranged a meeting between Heinemann and the owners of the game publisher, Avalon Hill. As she met with them, she was hired as a programmer instantaneously. Heinemann, age 16 at the time, moved across the U.S. for her new job, canceling her plans to acquire a high school diploma. At Avalon Hill, Heinemann created a manual for the company's programming team, the studio's game engine, and the base code for several software projects, including her own first game, London Blitz, before leaving the company. Whoa, this is nuts. Well, let's look at it this way. I was born in 1963. 1980, 
my birthday hadn't come. Mm-hmm. That's makes what makes me that makes me sixteen. Well, yeah, and these, <laughs> but these accomplishments for a sixteen-year-old are outstanding mm-hmm. for a woman programmer at that time. When we when we know that like the programming world is saturated with guys, is phenomenal. This is crazy. This is great. <laughs> yeah, although I think they're off by one year because they. Because the Avalon Hill Game Company kind of thing came after the contest, like about nine, eight or nine months. So I would probably be 17 at the time, but I was still, I wasn't old enough to you know, sign a contract uh, by myself. <laughs> but well, I lied to everybody telling them I was 18. I was 18 for at least three or four years. <laughs> <laughs> still 18, everybody. Yep. Heinemann returned to California to work for another developer, Boone Corporation. For Boone, she programmed the games Chuck Norris Superkicks and Robin Hood, acquiring knowledge of programming for Commodore 64, Apple II, VC20, and IBM PCs of video game hardware as well as video game design. Boone ceased operations in 1983, so Heinemann got together with Brian Fargo, Jay Patel, and Troy Worrell, and the four founded Interplay Productions, later known as Interplay Entertainment. Heinemann acted as lead programmer for the company, working on Wasteland, The Bard's Tale, Out of This World, and the Mac OS and 3DO ports of Wolfenstein. Yep. Why? Out of this world? I'm, I'm yep. sure people freak out about that all the time. Is okay. Wolfenstein like what notice it sounds like? Where, okay, you notice where I'm pointing at right now on the screen? Yes. yes. That picture on the wall. That's one of the paintings in the backgrounds for Out of This World. That's the opening scene. That's so <gasps> cool. Well, Out of This World is one of those games to this day that I still show people and say, look at this game. Like, mm-hmm. look, just, it is a timeless piece that works exactly right. Now, remember, I did the ports. Eric Chahi did, uh, deserves the credit for actually creating the game. So I just want to put that out there. Oh, okay. Well, then I'm sorry to. But I did. I did the conversions and mm-hmm. optimizations and made it run as fast as it does. But the creative vision for it was Eric Chahi. Oh well, great. I mean, just the fact that you worked on that game, mm-hmm. which is one that I hold above everything else as far as video games, is still amazing to me. Yeah, and of course, I could take full credit for being able to get it on the Super Nintendo. That was all me. Oh, that's everything. <laughs> when it was on my Super Nintendo, I mean, obviously games didn't look like that at the time. And so you you blew the back of a lot of people's heads off. Well, it even blows more people's minds when there's no when I tell them there's no hardware acceleration chip in that game cartridge. It's just a ROM. There's no Super FX chip. There's nothing in there. There's no hardware assist of any kind. I did that all in software. Well, I guess it would be more impressive to people who understand the benefits of a hardware acceleration chip. Yeah, well, for one, uh, Star Fox. <laughs> Star Fox, Doom for the Super Nintendo. They tax the system so much that they actually had to put more stuff in it. Their whole bottom line is it costs money to add things to the cartridge. So I was able to get away with doing Out of This World on the absolute cheapest cartridge available. That's amazing. Yeah. Which, of course, made it more profitable for Interplay. They probably loved you. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wiki listeners. You can help support us by listening to this quick message while we continue to fangirl. Thank you for listening to that message, everybody. Hopefully you checked out Out of This World during that time or listen to the message, maybe. I guess that's what they want. (laughs) That's what they want us to have you do. That's what we want you to do for sure. Heinemann went on to design the Bard's Tale 3 Thief of Fate, 
Dragon Wars, Past Times in Tone Town, Borrowed Time, Mind Shadow, and the Tracer Sanction, among others, for interplay. As the company grew to more than 500 employees, Heinemann, wishing to return to her small team roots, left the company in 1995 and co-founded Logicware, where she acted as chief technology officer and lead programmer. Aside from original games, Heinemann oversaw the company's porting activities, which included Out of This World, Shattered Steel, Jazz Jackrabbit 2, and a canceled macOS port of Half-Life. Yep. Um, what's interesting was that those games are out of order because, like, when we first formed Interplay, the first games I was designing was Mind Shadow and Tracer Sanction. That was the first ones out the door. Uh-huh. Then came Borrow Time. Then it was Bard's Tale Three. Then it was Task Times in Tone Town. In 1999, Heinemann founded Contraband Entertainment, operating as its chief executive officer. The company developed several original games alongside ports to various platforms for other developers. Projects led by Heinemann included Myth 3 The Wolf Age and the Activision Anthology, and macOS ports for Aliens vs. Predator, Baldur's Gate 2, Heroes of Might and Magic 4. During this time, she also provided consultancy work directly for other companies. She acted as Senior Engineer 3 for Electronic Arts, upgraded engine code for Barking Lizards Technologies and Ubisoft, optimized code for Sensory Sweep Studios, acted as a senior software architect for Bloomberg LP and Amazon, provided training on Xbox 360 development for Microsoft's Advanced Technology Group, worked on the kernel code for the PlayStation Portable and PlayStation 4 at Sony. During her tenure at Amazon, Heinemann, in addition to her technological role, was also the transgender chair of the Amazon's LGBTQ group known as Glamazon. Amazing. I I noticed that you said um, Microsoft is... You didn't say Microsoft Development Studios. You said Microsoft Advanced Technologies. Is that? It's called the Advanced Technology Group. What's interesting is I also worked at the Sony Advanced Technology Group. I wasn't worked at the Development Studios. I'm trying Mm -hmm. to make certain, keep this record straight. Development Studios implies I worked like at 343 or Ensemble Studios where I actually worked on game development. I actually worked at the Advanced Technology Group, and our job was to teach developers how to maximize the use of the Xbox 360 at the time. And also, I was one of the programmers for um, a project called uh, Trioxide, which is now known as the Xbox 360 emulator in the Xbox One. And the other project I worked on was the firmware for a thing called the Connect. Oh, okay, great. And then yep. tell me about Glamazon. Uh, Glamazon, at the time, uh, Amazon really didn't have any affinity groups for LGBTQ people. And also, Amazon at the time, this is like around 2011, 2010, 2011, somewhere around that time frame. The Amazon insurance for the health insurance for the people um, who work there didn't cover any transgender care. And I had several people who came out to me as transgender. See, I came out in 2003, so mm-hmm. I was already old news by the time it was 2010. <laughs> um, but a lot of employees came to me saying they would very much like to do their transition, but the health insurance doesn't cover the surgeries and the medical care because, you know, you just not like what right wing pundits want to make you believe that you just say, oh, I want to be transgender. No, no, no. It's a medical process. It takes two years to go through. It's a lot. So I brought it up to superiors who brought it up to HR and they said, well, no one's ever asked for this. So went to the LGBT group and then I said, look, we got to champion this. And then they said, well, fine, we're going to make you the chair of this. And I had to make a whole business case as to why in the world Amazon should 
be a tech company that offers transgender care. Now, to put it in perspective, many companies like Apple and Google already were offering it. So they weren't going to be the first. They were more like the last. And that was one of the things I was told at Amazon was like, we're not the leaders for, for th benefits like this. We're, we only do it if everyone else offers it and no one's joining our company because of that. And so I had to make a business case for that. And they eventually did add that to their health insurance. But it was a long, hard road in there. And it's kind of what partially what made, made me just say, I don't want to do anything more with Amazon if they're like this hard to work with. Well, I'm glad you did what you did because you probably me helped too. quite a few people. Yeah. Yeah, I've got some kudos from people privately who work in Amazon saying, thank you for your work. And now I can go get my surgery. So there you go. Now, what's funny was like the, one of the anecdotes I'm going to share here is with Sensory Sweep Studios, Optimizing Code. That was a really fun project because they were working on a game called Alvin and the Chipmunks for the PlayStation 2. Mm -hmm. And the game was only running at about 10 frames per second. And that oh, God. was pathetically bad. And the thing was that the game is one of those um, rhythm games where the, the chipmunks <laughs> play a tune and you just copy the tune while the, the chipmunks are playing on stage. And it's running only 10 frames per second. And I'm like, how is this even possible? <laughs> so I got on board, started working with them about this. And then the CEO came to me and said, look, if you could speed this up, you know, just double the frame rate, I'll give you a... a top tier sushi dinner he was like more like out of desperation and i said challenge accepted i locked myself <laughs> in my area for a week came back and i said here's the game it's running at 42 frames per second i go like, wow. what here play it it's now smooth as glass like ah and it says so there's this really nice michelin restaurant here in uh salt lake city so like <laughs> but the thing was that i didn't know at the time they had a milestone coming up, and if the milestone, which included 30 frames per second, didn't make it, they wouldn't get paid. And we're talking about major studios, so we're talking six figures. And the fact that I did this saved their bacon. So, of course, he then took me to the dinner and gave me the dinner, and then everyone was like, yay, we got the game up and running. And uh, then I collect my paycheck and moved on. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Contraband was wound down in 2013, and Heinemann founded a new company, Old School, together with Janelle Jaquez. Is that Jake correct? Ways. Jaquez. Janelle Jaquez. The right Jaquez. way, the wrong Jaquez. way, the Jaquez. <laughs> Janelle Jaquez, Maureen Starkey, and Susan Manley. At Old School, Heinemann acts as CEO. It was founded by all four, but basically the other three have just moved on um, for other roles, positions, or retirement. So I'm now the only person who has old school anymore. But yeah, that's the whole reason why when we first found it was the four of us. Three of us, that was Maureen, Susan, and myself were at a party at RJ Michael's house. Mm -hmm. And we were all just sitting there grousing about how old women are having a hard time getting jobs in the game industry. And that's when we said, well, why don't we just make our own company and hire ourselves? And that's how <laughs> old school got created. And of course, Janelle was dragged in because she was my wife. <laughs> <laughs> but she, too, has a long game history as well. And she's also an old broad like us. <laughs> awesome. I'm hovering over her name. I can see her uh, and her, I guess, one of her red and black blouses. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Take it away, Rachel. Personal life. Around 2003, Heinemann was diagnosed with gender dysphoria and began transitioning to live as a woman. She formally changed her given name to Rebecca Ann. 
Since the transition, Heinemann has been living as a lesbian. She has five children and is married to Janelle Jaquez. Heinemann resides in El Cerrito, California, where her company Old School is located. Okay, first, that's incorrect in the sense that I'm now in Heath, Texas, not El Cerrito, California. So that needs to be changed. But then again, I don't know who's been writing this stuff. So, <laughs> so there's a lot obviously- of editors, but we're actually going to turn the editors on to these episodes. One of the things that we can do is mm-hmm. once we release this episode, we can post it in the edit source page of this page to let the editors know it needs to be updated. Yep. Well, they just need to change El Cerrito, California to Heath, Texas, and that'll be correct. Uh, everything else is fine. I mean, I'm married. I have five kids, uh, you know, two from Janelle and three of my own. And yeah, the thing was, is I always knew I was a woman since birth, but the trouble is due to, or at least it's the earliest memories I have, um, uh-huh. I always knew. But the biggest problem was that um, growing up in the 80s and 90s as a transgender woman, you'd learn really quickly to keep your mouth shut. Yeah, um, because as you've heard, there are many women's in the 90s who came out and things didn't turn out well for them. And I saw what was happening to them. So as a result, I just kept my mouth shut until when I joined Electronic Arts as a senior engineer, as we already discussed earlier. One of the things I looked at like days after I started working with them was that they had a employee handbook that says, oh, are you transgender? This is what you got to do. And I'm like, holy hell. <laughs> you can't they're not going to fire you it's like wow and at that point i then you know got the green light that i'm going to go ahead and do this and i did this and i have to give huge kudos to electronic arts for their hr group for basically allowing me to transition and not fear of myself losing my career and that was and that was around 2003 2003 wow and then, and then you paid it forward by doing similar things at amazon that's kind of awesome well, nice. it was, you know, when you live in terror for like almost 30 years um, and then all of a sudden you're on the other side and you realize how nice it is here, then you know, my only regret is I didn't do it earlier. That's it. Otherwise, I've been happy and well adjusted and everything and no more dysphoria anymore. No more feeling like I'm in the wrong body. I mean, you know, what the right wing people keep saying about gender dysphoria, you know, transgender people is totally wrong. They have no clue what it really is. It's a medical condition. So anyways, I'm digressing. Board service. Heinemann has been part of the advisory board for the Video Game History Museum since 2011 and is part of the board of directors of the LGBTQ organization GLAAD. Oh, my God. You work for GLAAD? I was a board director. I was a board director. That I was is- on the board. So cool. Yeah. Glad Rebecca Heinemann. You'll find my thing. In fact, here, let me take a look right now. Let's see here. I used to be heavily affiliated when I was younger with GSA. So everything we did was related to Glad. Mm -hmm. This is really funny. I think you are a hero to Rachel and I for very different reasons, Uh, but but basically (laughs) a hero to both of us. (laughs) Yeah, they have me on their website. Um, yeah, it's glad slash about slash board slash Rebecca Heineman. And there I am. But uh, I was on the board. Accolades. That is amazing. Accolades. Heineman is recognized as the first national video game tournament champion for winning the 1980 National Space Invaders Championship. Sailor Ronco, a Sailor Moon based fan fiction comic by Heineman. <laughs> based on an earlier work written by Duncan Zillman, has won multiple awards. 
She also tried to qualify for the Fortnite World Cup. In 2017, she became an inductee for the International Video Game Hall of Fame. So it said you also tried to qualify for the Fortnite Cup. <laughs> um, I don't remember that. Oh. So I don't, hmm. I'm going to have to look at the sightings here to figure out stuff. But I don't play Fortnite. I mean, I played a oh. little bit individually, but I've never competed. So that one is the only thing on there that I'm going to have to question because uh, maybe there's another woman by, with has my name. I mean, Rebecca Heinemann, I don't have an exclusive on it. I know at least three other Rebecca Heinemanns out there. So it's yeah. possible they confused her with me. But uh, everything possible. else is there. But uh, I had nothing to do with the Fortnite World Cup. Well, there you have it, everybody. Rebecca <laughs> Heinemann had do nothing to do with the Fortnite World Cup. But I do have that webcomic. In fact, I just finished the main story arc. It's like 16 chapters, uh, over 550 pages. Wow. So I cannot wait to read it. I've also made a webcomic myself uh, that I bailed on at one point, but I think I'm going to go back. <laughs> well, the, the, I do put in the first chapter, you know, explanations of the characters, but it really helps if you're both a fan of Sailor Moon and Ronma one half, because the comic book is mostly focused on Ronma uh, for Ronma one half. But the Sailor Moon things is just hilarious because the, the whole basis of the comic is Ronma's a guy who's got a curse that if he gets touched by water, cold water, he turns into a girl. His mind is the same, so he's still a guy. And, of course, the silliness here is that he then gets turned into one of the Sailor Senshi, the Sailor Scouts from uh, Sailor Moon. And he has to keep this a secret from everybody, and uh, hilarity ensues. And it is a, a, <laughs> it's a major slapstick comedy. Yeah, I can't wait to read it. We are going to wrap up this page. Thank you so much for being our guest. This was really great. Thank you very much. And... Uh, please send me a link. And of course, for your readers, if they ever want to follow me, I'm on Twitter for as long as Twitter's still around, Burger mm -hmm. Becky, uh, Facebook's Burger Becky, YouTube Burger Becky. Geez, there's a pattern here. Um, <laughs> then, of course, my webcomic is sailorronco.com, which is sailor, S-A-I-L-O-R-R-A-N-K-O, all one word, dot com. Wonderful. That's Thank awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. This has been the Wikipedia page for Rebecca Heinemann. Thanks for listening to Wikilisten. You can find us at wikilisten.com and on all social media and on TikTok at Wikilisten, except for Twitter, which is at wiki underscore listen. Don't forget to uh, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts because it really helps us out. And don't forget to smash that subscribe button with your favorite video game designer. If there's a particular <laughs> if there's a particular Wikipedia page you'd like us to read, please let us know. We'll read it. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. 
seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.